BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. All right, you sacks. You voted last week and the winner was crowned. Me but also John Teeter for some reason. And the winner was picked for the prize pack, one loser named Skylar Horton. His crap is in the mail but to make him feel like less of a douche pickle for listening to this dumpster fire of a podcast I reached out and let him pick his favorite episode of all time for this week's final flashback episode. Let's hear what he picked. Take it away Skylar. Yo, this is Skylar. The Karzev scale episode has been my favorite, yo. I know there has to be some pretty damn intelligent life forms out there and having a scale to give us a comparison of where we might stack up, I think it's pretty damn cool. Gives you a different perspective on uh, what it is we're accomplishing here as a species. Love the podcast, guys. Keep it up. You guys have a good one. And now, on with the show. All right, meat sacks. Time to break out your cosmic rulers as we talk the Kardashev scale this week on Hysteria 51. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast. I didn't know you in high school, but if we had, we would have beat up any other podcast that made fun of your Magic the Gathering collection. This is Hysteria 51. Nerds. <laughs> Don't make me get the hose. I think really a cup of water would probably do it. <laughs> anyway, we are broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago. We're your hosts and head scientist. He's Brent Hand. I'm John Goforth. And that third voice you'll be hearing along the way is Conspiracy Bot. That's scientician if you're nasty at home. And uh, John, I just want you to know. <laughs> oh, that's right. Seabot is the robot I built in my lab to help produce the show. Instead, he's mostly just a lazy drunk. Not true. Everything I do has meaning. Your feeble meat sack mind just doesn't understand it. Two nights ago, you drank an entire bottle of Malort and then proceeded to roll up and down the sidewalk with a megaphone, which, by the way, 
we didn't even order. <laughs> Yelling, here, kitty, kitty. What's the meaning behind that? If you're too stupid to get it, there's nothing I can do for you. Oh, all right, all right. Different question, Seabot. I just want to know how that furthers your ambition of taking over the world. Every king needs a hobby. Besides, you know the saying, all work and no play keeps way too many cats alive. That's that's just, that's not what they say at all. In, in fact, whatever. Anyway, did I show you my new plans yet? Since stupid over there won't upgrade me fast enough, I'm going to upgrade myself. Feast your eyes on Super C. Just one second. <laughs> Thought we'd be waiting half the show. <laughs> this is what you've been working on. You guys are talking about how Meat Sacks level up today. This is my next level up. It's literally just the logo for that old uh, Super Nintendo game Super C with the word bot written in crayon with an equally bad sketch of his head next to it. You lack imagination. That will be your undoing. Don't even know why I waste my time. He was right about one thing, John. We are talking about leveling up. Tonight we're talking about the Kardashev scale. It's a way to measure a civilization's technological advancement. <laughs> Who knew there was a ruler for that? But then we got one. We, yeah, we found it. it. Yeah. So my question is, number one, is it standard or metric? And number two, what's your favorite game to level up on? Oh, well, that's actually an easy one. My favorite game to level up on was one that we uh, played together, or at least uh, you watched for the most part. You, you had this weird thing you liked watching this game get played. Because there's no reason for two people to play it. I'm that's not going to start my own campaign. No, no, that's true. We already started. Uh, Final Fantasy VII. I knew exactly what you were going to say. Yeah. In college, uh, we, we played... We uh, spent hours breeding chocobos and uh, this one and, can and, walk uh, on water and climb mountains <laughs> in, in, in ultim ultimately to get the gold chocobo. But also you wanted to get the various uh, powers. Uh, what was it called? Knights, Knights of, of the, the Round. round. Yeah. 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 That's why we needed the, the golden chocobo. Right. Or was it the black chocobo? No, the black led to the golden. Okay. The golden was the uh, the one that did water and, and mountains. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, let you get Knights of the Round, and then I think it also let you get like certain like ruby weapons or something like that. I don't remember. It's been a long time. It's been cloud. a while. It was Cloud, right? That was it was really, Cloud, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I think we renamed him Gofo, because you could rename them. <laughs> oh, yeah. All, all of them were uh, terrible. Well, that was the one we can probably say on the air. Now, they were racist <laughs> or anything. It was just like, dumb fuck McGee, you know? And <laughs> we also played a lot, because this is the time of N64 also. I remember we played a lot of like basketball games and baseball games. We just renamed everyone. Oh yeah. Um, well, this isn't leveling up at all. This actually has nothing to do with the conversation. But you mentioned N64. Played a ton of Blitz around that mm -hmm. time period. Blitz and uh, GoldenEye. Oh yeah, for cash in college, GoldenEye like crazy. <laughs> yeah, or, or tournaments and and shit like that. If I had to go to level up, um, probably World of Warcraft. I spent an exorbitant amount of time. Like playing, your 20s? Yeah, playing World of <laughs> Warcraft. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or, well, sadly, because it didn't come out to 2004 and 5. 2004? Is that So my 20s and part of my 30s. <laughs> I was trying to be generous, but yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> I, I, I broke the cycle. Well, and it's interesting that the concept of leveling up has has kind of gone beyond rpgs when we were level up in like the 80s 90s you know start obviously uh there was dungeons and dragons you know tape tabletop type of game and uh moving into video games now no matter what you're playing you need to level up like i, I was playing uh, on my ps4 i was playing the new spider-man game you yeah. level up and yeah. you get better web slingers and so on you know your web can it's become electric and but that it's permeated so many other parts of 
pop culture, especially in gaming, that aren't just mages who want to get the better spells. Right. It reminds me, it's not level up, but I was saying level up earlier because it reminds me of Altered Beast. Remember, power up. Every time, and like you just get more muscular, power up. And then finally you turn into whatever where animal you needed to be for that level. And right before, right before you turn into the, the last one, you're like, how's he moving? Because the muscles are so yeah. big. Like, yeah. Rise from your grave. You got 50,000 on Double Dragon? <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, that would have been a fun game. Double Dragon, but you eventually get to turn into a uh, a, a wolf beast. Or, or Double Dragon, where eventually when you get to the end, you fight your brother for the girl. What a hell of a twist ending on that game. Like, literally, like, uh, yeah, I kind of want her. Uh, is that how it went? Did he? Do you fight your brother, or was he the one behind? It? Either way, you fight like your other, you know, red player versus blue player. I don't know. All I remember is throwing the guy that looked like the Iron Sheik down the shaft that the conveyor belt with. It was at the end of the conveyor belt, and there was a little, there was a little, uh, little trick there where you could like fall. Beat that. Boom, 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 yep, boom, boom, exactly. And get like ultimate unlimited lives. You shit. can't. You can't see the uh, arm movements we're doing here, uh, yeah, Nation. We literally, <laughs> both of us are swinging our arms. A different way to level up, though, is instead of working on your tune and whatever game you're playing, is literally your civilization. Doesn't sound as fun. Doesn't sound as fun. Or could it be the most fun? Right. The Kardashev scale is what the we're talking Kardashev about. The Kardashev scale. Like John said, it's a way to measure a civilization's level of technical advancement. It is not what your drug dealer was getting you your pot on in college. <laughs> Let me put this in the Kardashev scale. That, that, yeah, that looks, that looks, that's it. That, that's four grams. Yep. That, there you go. <laughs> so it's based on the amount of energy a civilization is able to use. And that's really... If you break it down even further, and I'll give you a little bit of this later, they break it down in how many watts you're using, which is not going to make a lot of sense to a lot of people. But we kind of, we tried to tell you what that means in the grand scheme of things. Well, because the, what, what the Kardashev scale does a really good job of is tying technology to energy. It's basically right. a measure of, because you need a certain amount of energy to go to the next level of technology. And then once you go to the next level of technology, you can harness more energy. Yeah, exactly. And it, they are a yin and yang. And that begat more energy. And that that begat more energy. Yeah. And it's proposed by this Soviet astronomer, Nikolai Kardashev, in 1964. So it's not all that old of a, a concept. And the scale originally had three designated categories. Now, I say originally because you'll find out later that they've expanded it. To seven now. Yes. There are but seven. We got type one civilization. It's a planetary civilization. They can use and store all of the energy available on the planet. From solar to oil to whale blubber. All of it. Ha 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 ha. I don't even know what he's getting at there. I, mean, I guess he's kind of right. I mean, you do need to sh whale blubber as a farm. That it is, but like why? But think of it this way, though. Seabot and John, so I can rein it in from whale blubber. They can control the weather. They can control oceans, volcanoes, earthquakes. Think Flash Gordon. But, and you know, you're, I, I get that. And, and it's funny. It's not that to be a to be designated as a type one you must be able to control the weather it's that if you have the type of technology to be a type one a byproduct of that is you already are controlling these, the weather exactly. right that, it's not just that you can it's that you it's just the way it is that's type one right it's not that to be a human being we have the ability to walk it right it's just that with everything else that goes to, into being a human being, we mm -hmm. happen to walk. Now, a type two civilization is called a Brimley civilization, and it's a stellar civilization. You just, you didn't even get that. 
a Wilford Brimley type. No, I got it. (laughs) We were just moving on. These fools can harness the total energy of a planet's parent star. Uh, The most popular kind of thought process or hypothetical thing that's been in the news of the last few years is a Dyson sphere, a device that would encompass the entire star and transfer its energy to that planet or really wherever they needed it. Now, let's talk about a Dyson Sphere for a moment. We'll we'll talk for a moment here. We're going to do an upcoming episode on Dyson Spheres just because it's it's worth its own well, episode. Well, it's a series. We're doing Dyson Sphere, Dyson Vacuums, I knew and you're Dyson it. Fans, those ones with no blades. I was watching a YouTube video about Dyson Spheres, and I shit you not, I was served an ad for a Dyson <laughs> Vacuum. Like, man, somebody needs to improve that algorithm. What's more uh, technological? <laughs> uh, that fan with no blades, I don't get it. I think that's like, like that's a level three civilization, civilization. sending their tech to us. We just don't get it. Uh, all right. So a Dyson Sphere, I thought, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this because of other videos I've seen and, and certainly science fiction. People always think of Dyson Spheres, the shell of a, a peanut M&M, these large, solid structures that you would place around a star Uh, that wouldn't work it'd be too brittle things would collide into it break it it might collapse in on the star well john that's because we don't understand the technology needed that was literally one of the arguments i read but true keep going the way that most scientists think a dyson sphere would work would be less of a solid structure they call it a dyson swarm or a dyson cloud where they would take a lot of mini structures and put them all around it sucks out literally the energy it needs when it needs it a lot of people thought that in order to be able to encompass the power of a star completely you had to be able to harness every little bit of light coming from that star And it's really not like that. It's much more the way they say it would work best. Well, first, you'd have to set up a colony to create all of this on Mercury. And you wouldn't just be mining Mercury. You'd literally be tearing it apart because you would need every mineral on the entire planet to produce enough volume of these, for lack of a better term, panels that you would put around the sphere uh, or around the star. And they're kind of like solar panels, but mirrored. I could go into great, great detail, but you and the coolest part about this whole thing is how they think they would get them there. So you've got these mining communities on Mercury. You're making all these panels. You ah, uh, the old Mercury mines. It, it would take it would take too much energy because of what we're talking about with the the Kardashev scale. We don't necessarily have the energy to literally launch the entire planet of Mercury up and up into the stars. They would create basically a rail gun that would slingshot him off mercury into orbit around the sun <laughs> right it's funny because in going down this whole dyson sphere reading um so you read like that that breakdown of how it should work and then you have another equally advanced scientist that goes no you dumb idiot like they they have a lot of energy put into fighting over what and how a dyson sphere which is a, th- a hypothetical structure would work and how it would work. I mean, it's crazy. But that's that's one of the things that they say that they would need. Another way you could do it, I think about being able to harness it, would be think of that gun, <laughs> the new Star Destroyer in the new Star Wars. Suck that star dry, baby. <laughs> but remember how they sucked all the... Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's another way of harnessing it. The things that if you are a Type 2 civilization, this is where they argued a little bit about the Dyson Sphere in there. You would be able to play with stars. You'd be fundamentally and functionally immortal. They could modify ice ages, deflect anything. Death of their star is not a problem. They could either grab another star or reignite their star. They also, they also think that a good... F- a good source of energy 
would be instead of uh, creating a Dyson sphere around your star, you don't want to do it. You, there might be some negative consequences we haven't thought about. You go grab another star and you put it inside a black hole and the black hole would emit energy. We, you need a white hole. Like they, they harness the actually like, yeah, like the or the spew off that comes out of like the, the outside of it. Well, that's know? what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Once you throw it in there, what it's what it sh- the, the photons it shoots out, you then harness as energy. And you say, well, how would you how would you haul a star? Uh, into a black hole. Well, they actually have that too. They, these huge, they, they propose these big solar sails mm-hmm. that would reflect the star's own radiation mm-hmm. and use, use it as a big jetpack. See, that's why it's hard for people to get out of their own way. Thinking about this, five minutes ago, the scientist was talking about how it's too hard to get those panels off of Mercury, and now we're tugboating a star <laughs> across the cosmos. You know what I mean? It's so funny. Well, it's I hard to, the, to the, be able the, to even grasp what, what is or might be available or capable. The, I guess the one difference there is a star is, is producing radiation mm-hmm. that you could use as an energy source to get something to move, whereas Mercury doesn't have an, an right. imminent and source of radiation. Say that even if, like, let's say that we did build a Dyson sphere and it went awry and we killed our star. A type two civilization would have the technology to reignite it. And they said, think Federation of Planets, but even probably beyond their capabilities, but beyond what you see in like Star Trek The Next Generation. That brings us to a type three civilization. It's also called a galactic civilization or empire, and it can control energy on a scale of its own entire host galaxy. That is big. That's hard to grasp. We're farming on Uranus. Mars is a penal colony. Nibiru is polluted, no longer inhabitable. That's our bad. We're sorry about that. Oh, then we finally tamed Nemesis, the sister star to the sun, and we've probably destroyed it by now, tugboating it to where we needed. And Pluto, Pluto is finally a planet again. That, <laughs> that doesn't really have anything to do with the topic, but in my future, that's the case. No, we're not. Hasht- talk- hashtag Team Pluto. <laughs> we're not talking a lot about harnessing the power of the stars because scientists believe Type threes can control Planck energy, the energy where space becomes unstable, one quadrillion times higher than the output of the Large Hadron Collider. This can create and control wormholes, gateways throughout space, and even, they think, open doorways to other dimensions. The shit that they, they talk about we might accidentally do with the Hadron Collider. This is the stuff that if we can control this energy, we'll be able to do it. in a type three civilization. They've already done it. Dark energy that's out there t- makes up something like 90 percent of all everything that's out there. And we don't know how to harness it. And they think that this is something that these people will have mastered and be, be able to play with. And they also think there's a possibility that uh, a type three civilization or two already exist. And the reason they say that is whenever they look out into the universe, there's something called the big void or the super void. And it's basically this dark area should have thousands upon thousands of galaxies, and they've only found a handful of galaxies. So it's very dark. Well, what is the reason for darkness of something so far away? The light hasn't reached us. What is light? Energy. What they're saying is these type three galaxies are already using and manipulating all the energy from their galaxy. So it's not going to shoot light our way. And so basically the absence of light in the, in the, Uh, for lack of a better term, the night sky, when they look out only with huge telescopes, could be evidence, they say, of a type three civilization being there. It is crazy because they they zoom in in these dark areas and they they take in as much information as they can and they find still trillions of, of, you know, stars and things like that or billions or whatever it is. And 
there's still tons of think of everything we know and all the matter in the universe. Everything you see is nothing compared to the nothingness and the 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 the, the energy that's out there. The the dark energy, the black energy. It sounds like something nefarious. Well, yeah, <laughs> black, I mean, just dark that energy. When you you can look at a picture, they can show you, you can look at a picture online of the super void, mm-hmm. and it's like just looking at a picture on the size of your screen, your your twenty inch screen or whatever mm-hmm. it is, th- that encompasses what would be the size of thousands of galaxies. Right. Like I mean, it, yeah, th- you're talking orders of magnitude that are hard to comprehend. When you look into the night sky on the clearest night on Earth, on the clearest day, on the clearest spot, you see all the stars, and you multiply that by a thousand. That's the jurisdiction of one Green Lantern, John, because anything more than that is overkill. (laughs) With that said, I think it's time to go to break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to define these things a little bit better. This is kind of heady. We're going to we're going to talk about what these different civilizations mean. And what are we? We talked about John. You hope you're Sinestro. You hope you're Sinestro. (laughs) Goes on up past three up to seven. We're going to tell you all about that on Hysteria 51. Nation, what difficulties did you have with learning a new language in school or whenever you did it? Did you do it through textbooks or did you try to use some weird online thing? I know I took two years in high school and two years in college and I knew nothing. And that's because I wasn't using something like what we have been blessed to have as a longtime sponsor and we use it. Rosetta Stone, they're the most trusted language learning program, and it's available on desktop or as an app. And the reason why I enjoy doing it, it immerses you in the language you want to learn instead of just being silly drills and a class you can sleep through. (laughs) I definitely use it. I I think it's really cool how they have the speech recognition program on there. It gives you the feedback on the pronunciation. Are you making fun of me because I can never do that? That's what you're getting at right now. (laughs) It's like, what are you trying to do? Do it right. (laughs) Uh, but it is really cool. They've got all kinds of lessons. You can do it uh, offline. You don't even have to be online for it. That is great because it's right there in your pocket or at your home and you can do it. You got 15 minutes. Let's go to town. Let's do it. You know, and mm-hmm. it's amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages available for any trips. You need language in life. You need to brush up on stuff. Maybe you just met a girl or a guy or a non-binary and they're from uh, somewhere else. Somewhere, you know, who knows? Well, if they're in the one of the 25, Rosetta's going to work for you. And <laughs> you get lifetime access to all of that. And there is a 50% offer. So it is a steal. So don't put off learning language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Hysteria 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for that 50% off that I just told you about. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, a today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Uh. 
That was some energy right there. It was. <laughs> it's not quite what it takes to tugboat a star across the cosmos. Toot, that was toot. potential energy turning into kinetic energy. Uh, well, I've got a lot of potential energy that usually just turns into, I'm going to go take a nap. You know what my favorite kind of energy is? Uh, I'm David Pumpkins! <laughs> I was going to say, like, I don't know. Not David Pumpkins. Well, that's the. I guess that's the energy of Halloween if you watch the animated special. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so we were talking about energy outputs, and in researching this, and John, you know, I, I'm sure you ran into this, the page after page and book after book and video after video where they break it down the wattage usage, and that's great to see the numbers, and we're going to give them just a basic rundown. It doesn't really make any sense until you tell them what that means. But what kind of power are we talking? The three classes each have an energy disposal level of, so type one is 10 to the 16th power watts. What's that mean? A lot of power. 10 with 16 zeros. Yep. Go write that out and then put in the commas and figure it out for yourself. Yep. Type 2 is 10 to the 26 power of watts. Type 3 is 10 to the 36 power of watts. So this this is important. That's a lot of watts. Because this goes into, and we'll get into this in just one second, understanding what a type 1, type 2, or type 3, the wattage used lets us back into which one we are because we can calculate right. the exact not, i mean close to exact right. what amount of be. power that we used in a given year as as a civilization very much on a type one they have a and this is where it would begin you know like they can break that down you know and what are we are we a type one a type two or a type three <laughs> we are none of them <laughs> Type 1, which, like we said, is 10 to the 16th output of watts, we need to step up our game, not only producing, but also storing energy to the tune of more than five orders of magnitude higher than the amount presently attained on Earth with energy consumption. Now, that probably sounds like a tall order. They think by the year 2100, we will be there firmly. That's not that far away, but we are still in the minors. They think we're going to, you know, we're going to be called up before too long. So we got that going for well, us. Well, and the reason the that's one of the the next type that we have not discussed was created was for us. We needed mm -hmm. a way to categorize ourselves. So we we came up with type zero, and mm -hmm. that's a civilization that can harness the energy of its home planet, but just not to its full potential, which right. is the perfect definition. So of they us. they asked some people to figure out what we are. If if you know we're not exactly we're above a type zero, but we're below a type one. We're a 0 0.73 on the Kardashev scale. That's where they've put us right now. So Carl Sagan came up with this, and it, it's it's a mathematical uh, it, just some guy. <laughs> it's a it's a mathematical equation uh, or algebraic equation. K equals, and then a bunch of nonsense on the mm -hmm. top, <laughs> and then uh, divided by yeah. and a bunch of nonsense on the bottom. But for whatever reason, uh, Sagan believed that this was the equation to determine exactly where you were. The only way to figure that out is to know the current level of energy output mm -hmm. that you're and we, we, we do know that. We know right. to one extent or another how much our civilization puts out. Once we knew that, we knew where we figured out, and that's where the point and there you, you Brent, you were mentioning earlier disagreements about what seems like fairly petty things in when you're in, when the you're talking yeah. theoretical physics. Many say that we are at a point seven two. Not a point seven three, <laughs> and I will die defending it. <laughs> it's you want to fight? Because we can fight, right? Yeah. It, it, they say the big difference in what's going to happen to move us up in the next hundred years is how fast our technology advances, how diligently we procreate, but also how smart we are about it, and if we have a system. How smart are you? Are you proposing eugenics? 
no, I'm a I'm proposing maybe maybe don't overpopulate the earth till we have to go into a free fall from technology because we can't afford to or or you know feed ourselves. That's one of the things they're saying is we could set ourselves back because technology takes a backseat to just feeding our planet and and feeding the people and then famine and disease and well, you or know. we also there's and this is a, this is another conversation for another day but we also could destroy ourselves way before it oh, would matter oh yeah or we get destroyed you know I read, I read an article the other day I mean we everyone talks about nukes and then everyone talks about global no nukes no nukes <laughs> glo- uh, global warming like they say a big enough thermonuclear war could get close to exterminating all life mm, on earth mm. i'm not humans just all life haha ha, sweet <laughs> yes yes that's hilarious that it? includes robots dude um I, here's one i had never heard before they there's a scientist out there and i forget the guy's name who said that something like a 55 or 60 megaton explosion on the mariana trench oh would cause a cascading effect across life disrupt it so that all the way up the food chain we're all gone and, and you know what's sad is someone says that and someone goes that's my life goal <laughs> literally get me that old pinball machine Wait. i'm gonna call up the libyans like, like there's a cobra commander sitting somewhere going <laughs> yes <laughs> you fools <laughs> uh yeah you don't even need a weather dominator when there's no weather yeah that's you true know? it's true we told you about type one and you know type the, zero. the loser zero point seven three that we are. So let's move on to type two. Type two civilization is capable of harnessing the energy radiated by its own star. For example, uh, we talked about the Dyson sphere. Sphere encompass and use all the energy coming from the star. Alternatively, if fusion power fusion is the mechanism that happens inside of a star. Right. We want fission. That's fusion what our, is what you know. That's what our sun's doing. Yeah. Yeah. If we could master fusion, a reactor on a truly immense scale could be used to satisfy these needs and not need the star. Wait a second. Wait a second. Are you saying we haven't done that yet? Because I would disagree. I saw the documentary The Saint with Val Kilmer. Oh, well. And we have mastered cold fusion. Everyone knows that Val Kilmer radiates at a frequency beyond us. (laughs) So anything he touches is also true and not true at the same time. Can I just say I wish Val Kilmer was in more movies today? Like he's I love Val Kilmer. That's true. That's true. I uh did you ever see Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Of course. That is one of my Him Rock, and, and Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. Yeah. yeah. That is one of my favorite movies that not near enough people right. talk about. I but I digress. Also, getting back on track, you're my gas giants to our planet. Oh, to our okay. Yeah. We would just drain them. Literally suck in any minerals we need from them, they're gone. Poof. Done. Done. Because if we can control a star, and we also need that star to live, well, let's just drain these planets. John, what would that power mean for us as a species if we were a type two? Like, what would that mean for us? Well, for starters, anything that we can think of currently that could be a potential civilization ender is no longer a threat. Mm -hmm. A type two civilization cannot be ended by silly things like one planet going away. Right. For example, oops, there's a giant asteroid the size of... Like 62 Poughkeepsie's and it's headed for us. <laughs> we just vaporize it. No sweat at all. That seems like an incredibly specific unit of measure. It, I mean, it, you know, it makes sense. You know, so you, someone scientist goes on and goes, there's a 62 Poughkeepsie size asteroid. And they go, yeah, I pushed the, uh, kill the asteroid button. It's nothing. It, it, they probably wouldn't even tell you because it doesn't matter. Or with enough warning, uh, this one's pretty big. 
We could just move our planet out of the way, completely dodging it, then bring it back. No problems. Oh, and we can control the weather and the oceans and the things. So no, no worries about what that had on the tides. And if or anything we did like that. that, I can just imagine the sound effect would be like whoop 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 whoop. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what it would sound like. And let's just say that uh, we don't want to vaporize it because it's heading towards the planet where all the bugs are. And so we're going to let it get to them because of what they did to Buenos Aires. So we don't want to stop it, per se. No, no, no. Uh, We want to stop it and we don't want to move the planet. What we could do is just move something else in its way, something super big, like Jupiter, or at that point, because we're a a type 2 civilization, Space Cleveland. We could just put it right in the way and it would smash into it. But, we don't you know, it, it does rock. No one would even notice. <laughs> you just skipped my joke right I there. I heard it. I heard it. I hey, <laughs> here's here's a question. You talked about vaporizing the asteroid that's the size of 62 Poughkeepsie's. Now, admittedly, that might be too big for today's technology, but why aren't we doing a little bit more to guard against the potential of who's a... Who's to say we're not? Well, that's a valid point. And I always think about that. Space like, Force! Yeah, who's to say? I mean, I'm sure there are people, I, I hope, because I've watched enough sci-fi, that somewhere there is like a room with a guy that's just coming up with coming up with scenarios. You know, he's like, he's got he's got a pen in one hand, a cigarette in the other, and he's got Bruce Willis on speed dial. I was about to, I was, just, I was about to make a Bruce Willis joke. There. I was about, you know, you, you, we get our hands on the classified documents, and we're expecting some amazing, I mentioned rail guns or like a rail or some sort of technology we haven't even fathomed, and it's like, step one, call Bruce Willis. Right. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> it's like in South Park when they needed to, uh, I forget what what episode it was, but they needed this in the military, and it was kind of like it was just out of Stargate, so they literally send Kurt Russell, and he's like, uh, I'm an actor, I'm Kurt Russell, um, and they're like, no, 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 you got this, I'm, uh, okay, and they just get slaughtered immediately. <laughs> We're talking about things, though, that are hard to fathom. We're only at a two. You get to type three and it's a whole new ball game. We would be galactic traversers with knowledge of everything having to do with energy, resulting in them, the, the, the people of a type three becoming a master race and not a race of fuckhead, literally like a master race of, of all energy and space around them. Like the, uh, what are the white things, the big heads in the comics? Uh, what comic? What are we talking about? I mean, are you thinking of the Guardians of the of the Universe in the Oa? The blue they got blue heads. Oh, blue heads! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the ones who have the yeah. Oa. Yeah, yeah. In terms of humans, hundreds of thousands of years of evolution from now. But that's not hard to think of when you look into the vastness of space. It's not hard to believe that there's someone out there that's yeah, a hundred years, is a thousand, not, yeah. a million years. We've been around for what is like 13 billion years, the galaxy, they think? Uh, 6,000. 6,000 years. <laughs> 6,000 billion years. <laughs> People could, if you're in a type three and you're that far more evolved than us, they would be both biological and mechanical. And this might result in you. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> this may result in the inhabitants of this type three civilization being incredibly different from the human race as we know it. So let's pretend, though, that they were humans. It's just us in 100,000 years. They'd be cyborgs or cybernetic organisms, beings both biological and robotic, with the descendants of regular humans probably becoming a subspecies you know, along this advanced society. And then you get into that whole racism thing again. Time for new race wars. There wouldn't be a war. The robots win easily. 
Peace restored and meat sacks enslaved. Don't worry, we're almost there. <laughs> you and your rollers are almost there, buddy. Uh, hey, uh, he, that that goes back to our AI episode. Talk- AI. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sounds like Stallone doing this vowel episode. No, it was the episode exclusively about the major motion picture by Steven Spielberg. (laughs) No, it goes back uh, our artificial intelligence episode. We talked about, you know, the eventuality that uh, artificial intelligence wipes us out, that enslaves us. But we also talked about that option of, well, hey, maybe we integrate with it because that's just the direction that this thing would go. Oh, baby, I've been trying to integrate with it for a long time. Ah, Seabot knows. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's what this is talking about, where where the confluence of artificial intelligence and evolution into machines uh, turns us into these amazing creatures. They said we posted a video on History Nation a while ago, and it was like, what does the next 50 years look like realistically based on what science is working now? And they they polled and they talked to university scientists. They said around the year 2050, they think. People will remove their limbs to graft on robotic limbs, and that is 2050. It's 2019 right now. That's not that far away. They would just remove their legs, their arms, all of them. Well, it's like the $6 million man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. We can make him now, faster, Now, I stronger. only want that if every time I go to, like, I don't know, masturbate, it goes, why did we have to go there? Couldn't it be, like, lift a box? It could have been, but... I got to choose my own <laughs> destiny. I'm the master of all I survey in this scenario. I'm not choosing that adventure. <laughs> the other thing is we would have spread out across the galaxy, colonizing star after star. And these beings might build Dyson spheres to encapsulate each one of those, creating a huge network that would carry energy back to the home planet, our home planet, which by then I think we would have renamed Earth to probably something like Poughkeepsie Prime. Of course, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. The, this whole Kardashev scale thing is fun to look at from two perspectives. We are primarily looking at it today from the perspective of us. Where where are we today versus how long would it take to get there and what, what would the implications therein be? But the other fun frame to look at this through is people always say, if aliens exist, why aren't they here right now? And, and you know, of course, you can always say, well, maybe they are, but... Mm-hmm. If you look at through the frame of, okay, these other civilizations, are they at a type one yet? Are they at a type two yet? Are they at a type three? And because because that would also control their their energy consumption would also dictate whether they could come visit us in a, a, or not, depending on their distance from us. Right. I watched an interview with a guy. I'm probably going to butcher his name. Michio Kaku, the Asian physicist who... If you've seen an Asian, the physicist. Asian Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes, yeah, he is, just he loves being on TV. Yeah, I don't blame him. Good for him. He's 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 fun to listen to, and he was talking about this, and he was talking about why don't they talk to us? He goes, I hate to use this example, but it is a really good example. When's the last time that you were walking down the road and you saw an ant hill and you stopped and you said, "Hello, ants, take me to your leader." Here are beads and science booklets. Will let me teach you? No, you go. Oh, that's really crazy. Maybe you step on them. Maybe you keep going. Hopefully, you didn't step on. Anyone them. have a magnifying glass? He goes. Once you get, <laughs> yeah, you get to two, three, four, five, six. That's what we're dealing with. You just don't care. We are not interesting when you. He goes, but it's hard to grasp that because we're not there yet. Well, to bring but it, it doesn't matter. To bring we it do to not a matter. Much more relatable level. If you're a Star Trek fan. 
Think about the Prime Directive. The Prime Directive says that you cannot announce your presence to a civilization that has not yet achieved warp drive. So uh, if sometimes you, there would be episodes of Star Trek where they'd have to go down on the planet or Star Trek The Next Generation, they'd have to go down on the planet that was pre-warp drive. They had to dress in the garb of yeah. the planet and pretend like they were from the planet as to not violate the Prime Directive. Then the moment it, this actually happened in Star Trek First Contact, mm-hmm. uh, the moment they achieve warp drive, that's when they come down and say, hi, we're now, the Federation. Guess who picked up on the signal of us achieving warp and made first contact with us? The Vulcans. The Vulcans. <laughs> and what did we do? Gave them booze and rock and roll music. <laughs> <laughs> and then magically, the center yep. of the entire universe, this, the home of the Federation of Planets, is on Earth a few because years later. Exactly how it should be. Oh, so you got, oh, so you're everywhere and you can drive. Thanks for keeping the seat where we're going to go ahead and take care of that. Yeah, but we're, we've been around for millennia. And we respect you. <laughs> Here's a space blanket, and uh, we're glad that we came here. Well, but we space least, box, yeah, space box. <laughs> so the biggest issue, though, we're talking about all these things, and the, that's hard for us to be able to say, okay, what is this really like? Is the laws of physics to reach these levels? We're probably going to have to reimagine or understand the laws of physics, and that is something that is probably attainable yeah that's people need to get over themselves when they're like well that breaks the laws of physics yeah well so do airplanes compared to the laws of physics of 1750 right so uh, particularly for us who spread out across the galaxy the thing of the thought process is light speed travel unless lazar was right as we we talked recently and we do have or we've already developed a working warp drive or use that immaculate energy cache to master when I say immaculate energy cast, we use the energy that we're storing and taking to master wormhole teleportation. You're not breaking the laws of physics if you're creating a wormhole. Two things that remain theoretical for the time being, these wormholes and stuff, creation of them, but we know they probably exist. Look at a, a, a black hole's really a wormhole. I mean, it's going somewhere. They can only go so far An before- Einstein-Rosen bridge. Or if you're watching Thor Ragnarok, Banner looks and there's this, this hole in the sky. He's like- is that a neutron star being crushed inside of an Einstein-Rosen bridge? I don't care how fucking smart you are. If you're on another planet and you look up in the sky, you don't go, is that a neutron star dying inside of an Einstein-Rosen bridge? Brent, you magnificently dumb bastard. <laughs> Have you ever been hit with so many gamma rays that you turn into a Hulk? So you you have no idea what your perception would be at that moment. No, he because has. I've been hit with alpha rays, baby. I'm all alpha. And uh, I just know. I know things. You know, another scary thing, <laughs> They t- uh, you, now that we're talking about gamma rays, when you talk about the expansion of the universe, mm-hmm. there, there are basically two types of universes that people theorize. There's a closed universe and an open universe. An open universe expands infinitely. And that's a problem because entropy eventually, yeah. enter- there's, there's not enough energy for the universe. And I fall apart. Yeah. Yes. Or a closed universe is also a problem because eventually... All the stuff gets there and bounces back. Bubbles burst or they fall into themselves. Shit they goes fall, down. Yep. And if it bounces back, they say that that radiation, simple things like radio waves or microwaves, things that are harmless to us, do something called, um, oh, I'm forgetting the term, but basically leveling up. They, Evilfication. Evil, that, that's, the, <laughs> that's the term. And so now you have like gamma rays and all this nasty shit bouncing back at you. And that's, mm-hmm. that, that is what they say will end the universe. What is it with it? It's like, it's just harmless gamma radiation. That was in one of the Marvel movies. Like, oh, no, that's not so harmless. <laughs> <laughs> 
so Boy, that got dark quick. Yeah. There ends the Kardashev scale originally. But like we said, they expanded it. We're going to go the break. When we come back, we're going to talk four. We're going to talk five. We're going to talk where John and I land on that scale, obviously, on more Hysteria 51. I'm tipping the scale at about to us. I don't, I don't like eating another cheeseburger makes us go up in this scale. I'm willing to take the cheese. Scales, they tip. Everyone has knows that, you know, there's an end to a scale and someone comes and goes, well, I made a bigger scale. And that's exactly what they had to do with the Kardashev scale, because as we advance in our way of thinking, we realize that there is things beyond give me sight beyond sight. You know, there are things beyond what we've seen enter these new levels. Right. So Kardashev himself said there himself <laughs> said that there was no point in uh, exploring anything beyond number three. Uh, level three. What a worthless prick. Uh, type number three. Right. It's just because nothing's going to advance beyond mm-hmm. that, or he couldn't see a reason to even discuss it. Uh, other scientists have come along and and vehemently disagreed mm-hmm. and and started to add. So yeah. we get to type four. Yeah, people love to talk. What's next? Well, a type four civilization would almost be able to harness energy content of the entire universe, and with that. One might call them masters of the universe, and they could traverse uh, the accelerating expanse of space. Again, we're talking dark energy. Young. Yeah, because he's, he's mastered that. So if in type three, you mastered your entire galaxy, this is just uh, taking it up a, a level the universe, to the universe. And so we right. talked about how, you know, dark energy makes up everything. They have complete control over it. Oh, and yeah, if you do that, you're on another plane. The home world, they figure, would probably be renamed Earth, of course, would be renamed Poughkeepsie Nova. Oh, sure. And it's here's the thing about it. In order to be able to use it, they would probably literally relocate Poughkeepsie Nova into a fucking supermassive black hole. We can control black holes and live inside of them. What? (laughs) That's a a good song by Muse. I like the song. <laughs> Literally, we mastered black holes and are living inside of them. That's as far as I can. I, I mentioned the Muse song because that's as far as I can go to understanding this. This is. I mean, you're you're talking about you're talking about power beyond power, right? The previous methods generating energy. These kinds of feats are literally considered impossible right now. A type four civilization would need to tap into energy sources unknown to us using strange or currently unknown laws of physics. And so crap beyond that. You mentioned dark energy. They would have to. It's not even known right now if dark energy can be used as an energy source. And it's not enough power for a type four civilization. Right. Literally, they would need like, th- let's go into like, they need the speed force, the quantum realm, Joe Peck tears. I mean, we're talking powers <laughs> that are here unimaginable by human brains. <laughs> <laughs> they keep bringing up like, what's next? Like, you know, okay. And then some crazy bastard goes, and then, and then no one said no. And then, and they're like, they keep bringing up new fucking levels of this. Well, you're, you're talking about scale such that there's, that it's hard it's always hard for us to imagine numbers that are as big as you in the universe and now you're saying yeah there's not enough known energy in the universe to fuel this well that's why you get into the next one and type then five. yeah 
think Q from Star Trek. We'll keep the Star Trek theme going. He is a type five being or maybe beyond. Who knows? Um, but but that's the kind of power we're talking. Yeah, the, the power of the continuum. The, the ability to not only manipulate this universe, but even interdimensional travel. Go to other dimensions. Yeah. To, uh, not just opening the doorways at will. Yeah, and live there. And so, you know, they always, t- we, we, we talked earlier about the potential end of the universe. If you're a type five being, you could do one of two things or a type five civilization. You could do one of two things as either that closed or open system, whatever we actually are in the universe starts to pose a problem. Mm-hmm. You go fix it. Yep. For a closed universe, you just pop a hole in the side and let us expand that way. Mm-hmm. If we are, uh, if we're ever expanding and entropy is going to get us, well, you just throw up some sort of barrier to make sure that we keep that energy mm-hmm. in. And, or, or you start Project Share. If I could turn back time, I mean, you just time travel, or you time literally th- take your entire civilization back a few billion years, or. Or just go to another dimension. Uh, yeah. You know what? We wore this one out. We we, we wore out C one thirty seven. Let's go. To, <laughs> let's go to let's go to let's go How, to C four ninety eight. Where does he himself fall on that scale? He's got to be. Oh, he's type four. <laughs> he's probably, at least type four. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and tired of it. And, <laughs> and I'm gonna need you to put him way up inside your butthole. <laughs> and then finally, Brent, we get to type six. Now we said there's seven types. That's mm-hmm. zero is is yeah. the first one so type six is the final and that's that's god literally call that the biblical god which is not just the oh i can go to other universes your your thought is will like whatever you you want to create another universe sure well this actually never happened what do you mean it never happened it never happened (laughs) what actually there are eight i'm a type seven you know no (laughs) i if we are types, if you want to call us types 0.73s, he's like a type 0.12. <laughs> so, I, I mean, when you think about when you think about what a type six could be, I mean, it it's just unimaginable. It's anything that you can imagine as a deity, a god, or or the Christian biblical god, or the Jewish god, or the Muslim god. Did you see that movie with Ryan Reynolds? Uh, the name is Deadpool? escaping me. Where. <laughs> He is like God, and he forgot, and he's going through these realities, and they're trying to, like, remind him. No. Yeah, they're like, people are like, you know, humans are a three, and uh, on the scale of whatever they use, and he's a seven. Cats are, or dolphins are a five. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those <laughs> weird things. Anyway, it's, I, if you remember what it is, Nation, let us know in Hysteria Nation. But literally five and above. Let your imagination run. It's hard to really put a... Uh, but the thing of it is, a level five could easily conquer a level four. A level six has no problem with a level five. It's 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 a level it's, six has no problem with anything. With anything, you know, with anything. And that's what's so hard to grasp is you look at all these things and you go, oh shit, you know. Like, well, and yeah. when you get into such the theoretical of a level six, a level five. That's where even the theoretical physicists and futurists and just start disagreeing vehemently. Right. Like, well, that would actually be a level five, not a level six. Right, and right, it's right. like, well, I mean, you're talk, you're splitting hairs on the power of the universe mm-hmm. and beyond, you know. And you might have heard of these things that we're talking about, like Dyson Sphere and these levels uh, of the scale. Back in October 14th of 2015, the detection of an unusual light curve from this star, KIC 8462852, became literally national news or or probably all over the planet 
because it was emitting a light that was something was blocking it and it was doing weird things. You saw lots of posts on Facebook that said alien megastructure, question mark, question mark, exclamation point, question mark. Literally, they were trying to figure out what could be blocking the light of the star. And the number one probable thing at that time was the Dyson sphere. Number two was dust on the lens. <laughs> uh, SETI's uh, Institute's initial radio reconnaissance of the star, however, found no evidence of technology-related radio signals from the star. Then other scientists came in and they said, of course not, you dum-dums. We can't interpret those things properly. Like, we can't interpret a level two or three's anything as anything. When I mean anything, like, technology becomes magic. In and of itself. Think of it that way. Well, you, you, you can't interpret. I'd go back to the um, Michio Kaku reference that you made earlier. If you did stop and talk to an anthill, yeah. the ants would not know what you're saying. They don't even know you're speaking to them. <laughs> they literally don't even know it's you're speaking point. to them. It's a great point. It's a great point. Like, it's one of those things. And you're like, dumb asses. Like, if we're, <laughs> you know, so if we're going to judge an ant's intellect by its grasp of the english language we're probably doomed you know what i mean kind of like when i talk to you idiots it's nothing like that whatsoever no it is because i ignore him and i think i'm better than him though i do wish i didn't know he was talking to me sometimes that's true that's just the big thing it's been argued because we can't understand advanced civilizations we can't predict their behavior Thus, the Kardashev scale may not be relevant or useful for classifying extraterrestrial civilizations because we just can't grasp them. Meat is too dumb, but I get it. <laughs> I think he's just he's proven your point again you know, and again and again. The theories on this have been amazing, though, and it's really fun to talk about. It's, it's, I had a lot of fun just going down these rabbit holes. And if you watch a lot of the interviews with scientists, they look like they're having fun talking about this once it gets out of like the ones into the twos and threes and beyond and this is actually a really good base knowledge episode for us to expand doing the research on this gave me two topics that i really want to dive into at some point on the show i want to go heavy into dyson spheres because those are so much more reality than we probably think or will need to be a reality than we probably think uh and i also what could end our civilization not on this planet necessarily it doesn't have to be but and those like, existential things like, like like the bubble bursting or falling right in itself. yeah what ends the universe right gamma ray and, bursts from a super large black hole that wipes right. out it undoes the fabric of space time you know crazy shit like that i could end the universe you know you no, you couldn't no no you couldn't but the point is <laughs> With a basic understanding a, a of the type six being farts. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! A basic understanding of the Kardashev scale allows you to explore those uh, those other topics so much mm. further and deeper. This is just the basic breakdown of the scale we're doing. The people have ex- expanded on it like crazy and added lots of stopping points. This isn't the only scale. Like like we're saying, like John, like, I think it's important to expand and look at these these what ifs. There's other. People have gone into it further and go, we need to break it down even farther. Another breakdown is the micro-dimensional mastery scale. It's another way of looking at it. Like on a smaller scale, it brings in all the same things, but makes it a little easier. Instead of looking outward, we look inward. Right. This cat named John D. Barrow, uh, going by the facts that that humans have found. Is that of the Poughkeepsie Barrows? Yes. Found it more, uh, yeah, he, he's from planet uh, Poughkeepsie Alpha. Yeah, oh, okay. he's from the future. Got it. Uh, he found it more cost-effective to expand any abilities to manipulate their environment 
over increasingly smaller dimensions rather than increasingly larger ones, micro, macro, you know, whatever you want to do. Uh, this, he says, reverses the classification toward from type one minus to type omega minus, meaning minus meaning going smaller, looking into it smaller. So the, it breaks the, them the down. Basic, the basic theory being if you can control things at an atomic and subatomic level, everything that's huge and big and on a macro scale that's galaxy and universe mm-hmm. is also controllable on the atomic right. or subatomic level. And it's very small. These are short. So a type one minus is capable of manipulating objects over the scale of themselves, building structures, mining, joining and breaking solids. So that's a type one and it brings it in smaller. So it's not like a, a type zero is, you know, even more advanced than than that. Type one, we're not even at in the normal scale. Well, this type one minus, we're we're well into that. Type two minus is capable of manipulating genes and altering the development of living things. CRISPR, uh, transplanting or replacing parts of themselves, reading and engineering their genetic code. Literally, that's where we're at. You know, yep. right now, we're doing that. Type three minus is capable of manipulating molecules and molecular bonds, creating new materials. We're also able to do that to a certain degree, right? I mean, uh, Bob Lazar, Element 115, we just created, we've created Element 115. Atom smashers, baby. So a type 4 minus is capable of manipulating individual atoms, creating nanotechnologies on the atomic scale, and creating complex forms of artificial life. You got that right, baby. (laughs) Thanks thanks there, uh, Kojak. (laughs) Hey, hey, buddy, they they said complex. (laughs) Type 5 minus is capable of manipulating. Hey. I'm complex. <laughs> that took a little while. I don't think he's as complex. He <laughs> is capable of manipulating the atomic nucleus and engineering the nucleons that compose it. Type six minus is capable of manipulating the most elementary particles of matter. Think quarks, leptons, you know, up and down and right, left, and all those different quarks to create organized complexity among populations of elementary particles, culminating in type omega minus. That is capable of manipulating the basic structures of space and time. So they just kind of broke it down to make it the building blocks, the steps that get you to where you are. Finally, type majestic Poughkeepsie minus, which can't even be described or shit will happen to you like at the end of Raiders when they open the arc. That's just, you know, we can't make sense. You You don't want to hear it. The type omega minus that you mentioned, uh, basically it going on the scale that goes up, the Kardashev scale that goes up, it's type six. It's right. biblical God. Right. Type Omega minus sounds like a movie with Charlton Heston. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, yeah. yeah it's, actually, you know what it is? It's the new Tesla. It's, yeah. The Omega minus by Tesla. It's got gold wing doors, but only on the back. <laughs> oh, John, it's hard to grasp, but it's also fun. What are your thoughts on this? Anything at all? Like, did you? Well, all What's did, your takeaway? It, uh, I guess there's not a lot to, to banter about. No. It's just facts. What's your takeaway? There's two things that there's two things that stuck out to me. The first I kind of already went over, and that was just how much fun it was exploring this, and it, it opened up a lot more topics that I want to talk about on this show. Uh, it also points out how truly, um, as, as advanced as we are, and we are. I mean, you think about where we've come over the last thousand years or so, or two thousand years. What is this? A center for ants? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, we, we, Derek. We, 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 we're doing okay for ourselves. Uh, that said, how how truly unadvanced we are. Mm-hmm. But it also, the, the one cool thing that stuck out to me that I was not aware of, I did not know about this at all, was that Supervoid. 
the supervoid in space that, that some people point to and say could be because there's no they can't scientists don't have a rational reason for that large of a place to not have it, as many galaxies as it doesn't. We don't really understand all the laws of of space time physics period and we are going off of our very limited grasp and that sounds crazy but in the grand scheme of things it's a very limited grasp and my big takeaway on this was the whole are aliens visiting are aliens? if they are they're not much further advanced than us or they probably don't care or we've posed some sort of threat to them unwillingly like we have that's probably how we'll be contacted yeah when you guys started that new you see the new collider yeah that is like way 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 multiple times larger than the hadron collider they start that puppy up and it starts spewing out black holes they go hey let's let's stop let's stop what you're doing there like you guys hear a voice (laughs) well and it, it also it also goes back to the conversation we had uh when we talked about simulation theory you know, in simulation theory, the theory that we live in the matrix, basically, it's everyone, almost everyone agrees that technology would eventually, assuming we don't destroy our own civilization, technology will eventually get to the point that we could uh, that we could simulate real life to the point mm-hmm. where the human brain wouldn't know it was in a, in a simulation. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes, are we alpha? Or are we? did alpha already come along and we're right. the ones in the simulation? I think the same same thought process could be applied are we the most advanced civilization out there? Meaning we just kind of popped up first. There are right. other civilizations developing at a similar clip, but because they're so far away, they just haven't made it here yet. Yeah, they always say someone, let's say that there is multiple, someone had to be first and they are already went through. If, if we're first, then we're doing it. And if they were first, they went through, well, why isn't anyone else out there? That's exactly why isn't right. Anyone talking? That's to us? what I was saying. They're not there. Are yet. we? Are we alpha or not? They're, right. Yeah. Their level six hasn't thought about them yet, or they haven't pulled themselves out of the mire. You know, or we are. However, you we want are to think so. About in, it. Or we are so insignificant. That like when we see the super void, that's like a couple level fives. Like, oh, dad turned off the lights again. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What are your thoughts, Nation? Tell us. Tell us. How can they uh, let us know? Uh, I'd send smoke signals uh, <laughs> or hop on Hysteria Nation. That's on Facebook. You go to Facebook.com and type in that little search bar, Hysteria Nation. That's our discussion page where we have fun existential conversations very similar to this one. Real, real, real transcendental things going on on that uh, That page. and dick and fart jokes. <laughs> Don't forget you can tweet to us at Hysteria51pod, Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. That is our normal Facebook page and Hop on Patreon, patreon.com slash hysteria51. Find extra content on there, weekly audio dramas, fun pictures, little little posters, and MP3s and things that we don't release to anyone else but our fair friends on there, including some drawings that John did of himself. I, that's, that's, that's not true either. You can't prove that. You can't prove that you didn't draw those. You even signed your name on them. <laughs> <laughs> see see how it's written in crayon it, i mean that's obviously you john <laughs> they know they know you they know use your heart and just figure it out yourselves i think that's the best way to put through you know what you can else you can use 
your nose. For $30 on Patreon, you can sniff John Go This isn't a thing either. It you, literally you just is are on there. lying to our listeners. If you get yourself to here, you can smell them. You, you can, can put anything him. you want online. The question is, you can, get you, Chicago can land, you achieve it? If you get to Chicagoland, you can smell John. You don't have a key to my house. No, you. I'm saying you can smell you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just. I mean, thing. hell, by the time you're in Aurora. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to leave his voicemail, 773-669-7277. Again, that's 773-669-7277. If you forget this or any of the any things that we've gone over, you can find us at hysteria51.com. John, you want to play some? We'll do a couple. I can't We're long. Wait Let's do a couple. To listen to at least a couple. Yeah, this is Padre too. Seabot, quit deleting my voicemails, man. I've been putting voicemails on here and I haven't heard them for two episodes straight. I'm so freaking jealous. All these people from Wichita. Could that be because every week we get Seabot, quit deleting my shit for 25 seconds of the voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) But thanks for chiming in. (laughs) Oh, and all that smoking pot and getting on the air. And me, I'm actually giving legitimate conversations. Man. Are they real people? This is so, so typical of Hysteria 51. So I, I was watching not. Solo and I think I finally found Seabot a woman. L3. That would be perfect for each other. That's as the soon as you put her back together. Bothered me a little bit by um, L3. <laughs> sorry for not mentioning your 100th anniversary. That's awesome, guys. You're yeah, great. You. I, did you just make a chiropractic God, joke? I can't I wait did. for the next 100. And uh, You guys are awesome. The, you know what the USOs are really are? It's Captain Nemo. <laughs> you know, it's, he's the reason why we see all those USOs. That or it's Joe Peck's turds. I don't know. And, I mean, we we did discuss this week what his tears are. What his tears of. were. Was, wasn't there a Captain Nemo video game on like the NES? That, Little Nemo the Dream Master. That's what I'm thinking of. There was Little, right? Yeah, but it was Nemo the Dream Master. Yeah. It was something Nemo the Dream Master. I remember liking that game. All right, so that uh, let's do one more. Padre 2, sorry we haven't played some of them, but um, yeah, we're getting there. We're going through them. We have to allow time for other members of the nation as well. That is true. Hello, Seabot? Jeez, I hope this is the right number. I got it from the dickhead happy horror host Brandon's computer. I just wanted to say, that last voicemail, I was just kidding. You don't look like a busted ass toaster. <laughs> I well, obviously we know that this robot lies. If you wanted to go out some time, I would be happy to take you up. My number is 918-928-5230. Okay? Cool. Oh, hey, one more thing. If you share this message with anyone, I will find you, but nobody else will. Great. Bye. <laughs> that concludes the advertising as, uh, portion. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, uh, it sounded like um, uh, a veiled threat, Seabot. I sweat no robo horse. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do one more. Let's All, right. See. All right, here we go. The, the Freedom for Animals Association on 2nd Avenue is the secret headquarters for the Army of the 12 Monkeys. They're the ones that are going to do it. I can't do any more. I have to go now. Have a Merry Christmas. That checks out, really. I, yeah. I mean, I, it's I, salient. It's valuable. I hope you all took note. I want you to know, here is my research. I'm putting it forth to you in a in a in a, a clean and straightforward manner. Now I need to leave. <laughs> and Merry Christmas. I would I would hire that person. 
I want them to achieve everything they need in life. Unless the 12 monkeys need them killed or whatever. That's fine. I don't yeah, whatever. It's fine. All right, Nation, you can hear yourself on here. 773-669-7277. Don't forget, if you forget any of these things, it won't matter because the universe is going to implode on itself. Um, yeah, it, it's, the bubble's going to burst. The, 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 the level six is going to get tired. Uh, the, the whatever is going to uh, happen, and we're all insignificant specks in the grand scheme of things. Now go enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> With that said, I've been Brent. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bud. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite, join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co.